Hello and welcome to bonus episode five of Parenting Your Business. In regular episodes of The Modern Manager, I talk about and interview guests about how to be a rock star manager with a thriving team. Those episodes all start with a number. Parenting Your Business is a special series where I talk about the commonalities and lessons learned from parenting and management. Today's episode is called What Happens When You Die? So here it is. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Neither of my kids were the kind that asked a million questions. I have heard of other parents talking about their endless strings of whys from their kids. Why do I need to go to school? Because you need to learn. Why do I need to learn? Because that's how you grow your mind. And why do I need to grow my mind? Because that's how you become a thoughtful person who contributes to the world. And why and why and why it goes on and on and on. But not my kids. On occasion, they'll ask why, but after one or two rounds, it usually ends. And I'm not sure how to feel about this because on the one hand, the idea of trying to come up with thoughtful and appropriate answers to those never-ending questions sounds exhausting. But on the other hand, I really want to raise curious humans who have a desire to learn and understand the world around them. But that's not what I want to talk about. Today, what I want to talk about is the fascinating questions that my kids do ask, specifically my older daughter. A number of years ago, my husband's grandfather died, and we flew to Wisconsin for the funeral. My kids were too young to attend and really appreciate the experience of the funeral itself, but they were definitely old enough to understand that Bubba had died. So I wanted to do something with them that would acknowledge his passing. So I took them outside in the backyard of Gigi and Bubba's house, brought a photo of Bubba with me, and we had a little ceremony of our own. We talked about Bubba and how we'd miss seeing him sitting in his brown lazy boy chair and who would be allowed to sit there now. And of course, my older daughter asked, what happens when you die? There is no parental manual for how to answer these kinds of questions. The ones where kids might get scared or upset by the answers. Questions like, does Santa really exist? Why do we kill animals and eat them if they didn't do anything to hurt us? Can kids die in their sleep? All of those are questions my older daughter has asked me. My approach, for better or worse, has been to tell the truth to the best of my ability. What happens when you die? Well, I don't know because I've never been dead. Nor has anyone who's died fully remembered and come back to tell us about it. But we have lots of ideas of what happens when you die. I told my daughter that some people think you go to heaven to be with God and all the people who love you. Other people think you're reborn and get another turn at life. And other people think that nothing happens, that when your brain stops working, you just become a body that eventually turns to dirt and maybe you get to grow into a carrot. That's actually the one she liked. She said she hopes Papa becomes a carrot, but that she doesn't want to eat him by accident. I gave her a similar answer when at seven years old, she started crying uncontrollably at bedtime one evening. After she finally calmed down enough to speak, she asked if kids could die in their sleep, and she was so worried about it. I told her, yes, it's possible, but highly unlikely. Anyone can die, but people who die in their sleep are usually very old or sick, and their body gives out. It's extremely rare for a young person to die in their sleep. So why am I telling you this? Well, 
As a manager, we sometimes feel like we need to protect our team members or that speaking truthfully might hurt them or worry them, both of which are sometimes true. We don't want people to become overly concerned when things are uncertain, but hiding the truth, especially when they ask, doesn't work either. We also sometimes feel like we have to have all the answers, that we can't be vulnerable and let people know that we're uncertain too. People, young and old, are more resilient than we often realize. And when we hide or sugarcoat things, we're doing all of ourselves a disservice. People can't make good decisions if they don't understand the reality of the situation. And when it comes to kids especially, in many cases, the truth will eventually come out. I would rather be trusted as a parent or a manager that's honest so that when I say it's super rare that you die in your sleep, my kids will actually believe it. Or when a team member asks me how they're doing and I say, fantastic, they believe that. And when I say, we should talk, they understand that too. So what information have you been avoiding sharing with your team? What questions have you skirted the answers to because you didn't want to hurt or disappoint the asker? Or because you didn't want to seem vulnerable because you didn't have the answers? Where have you been underestimating your team member's ability to handle the truth, even if that truth is total ambiguity? Thanks for listening to the special bonus episode of Parenting Your Business. If you've been struggling with finding that balance between sharing information and keeping the calm, I want to hear about it. My email is in the show notes, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 